Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek IV The Voyage Home one minute at a time. I'm David Soker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's Minute 21. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Minute 21, it uh, starts with uh, the Federation President and Admiral Cartwright sharing a very concerned look. And this minute ends... With the Federation kind of being jerky. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's actually I had a I had a I had a meaner word for that <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> yep, jerky. That'll we'll lose that one. It's a little more PG. Being jerky. All right. Uh, so yeah, we it, we dive right in, right? Starfleet, yep. uh, we get uh, some new characters. Uh, maybe we've seen them in the background up to this point, but uh, they've got speaking roles in this minute. Uh, yep. Starfleet communications officer says that Juno, Alaska's clouds are increasing to 95%. 95%? Good grief. Holy cow. So isn't that just, I mean, that's overcast, right? That's what that is. Right? Is it raining? I don't know. I guess. I, guess, I don't. It just sounds so dramatic, like, oh, 95%. 95%, you're like, wow. But it's over one city, so <laughs> yeah. you're like, hmm, really? You know, uh, yeah. Does I, that mean, like, no light can get through? Because, like, I'm looking outside today, okay. and it's overcast. It's yeah. it's a little snowy, yeah. and uh, I can see light. Like, I can obviously see the, the sunlight coming through the clouds. Does that mean, like, when he says... You know, clouds increasing to 95%, meaning that the clouds are so thick that the sun can't even get through. Oh, okay. Maybe. Like it, like 95% visibility kind of thing. Okay. Well, that sounds much more dramatic <laughs> and scary. Yeah, that to me would be totally scary. Like, Mom, I can't see the sun. <laughs> yeah, like when it's an, when you have an eclipse. Yeah. And it, and it gets like, looks like night. Just from, it gets yeah, really just from dark. clouds. Yeah, yeah just from clouds. That'd be, awesome. that'd be freaky. I suppose, yeah, you do get sometimes when you get a really bad thunderstorm rolls in, right? It gets and it gets super dark, and you're like, yeah. whoa, what is going on here? Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's what they're they're experiencing. Mm. Okay. That yeah. would have been a good special effect to throw in, say, look, have somebody outside and see the sky turn black. <laughs> hey, right? Jim, I'm, out, I'm outside here in Juneau, Alaska, and we got a total 95% coverage of... <laughs> Some weather guy hanging onto a stop sign, you know, as he's trying to get, he's trying not to get blown away. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, the other thing, I, the other note before I get to our Starfleet communications officer here, he, you know, they, there's a couple cities mentioned in this minute: Juno, Alaska, Tokyo, um, Leningrad, Leningrad, yeah. And, and you know, there's no, there's no new city names, you know, right? Yeah. Are we we're like post, wasn't it World War Three? Wasn't there right? In, in in the Earth's history, wasn't there a world war? I don't know. You don't know? Bad, bad, bad trick. Bad, bad trick. <laughs> Total bad trick. <laughs> Pretty sure there was a world war out there. Um, and, you know, I just figured you'd, you'd have like a new Tokyo or a new Leningrad, you know, you'd, you'd somebody or, or just some city we haven't even heard of yet, you know? Smorgasbord, Alaska. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm okay with the names. You're okay because okay. they're, they're familiar. Okay, forget. This isn't you know. This isn't Akira. You know, Neo Tokyo. Neo Tokyo. Yeah, that's such a cool name. Would you rename? Yeah. No. Was <laughs> Neo Tokyo a rename of Tokyo? Like after or, or was that just the name of the city all along? Akira. Well, no. I think in the future, I think it was. That's what they named it. Like it was became Neo Tokyo. Right. The cities. Re- now I'm trying to think of like. Have they- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to think of cities that have renamed themselves in our, you know, our lifetime, and I, that's that's not a very popular thing. Well, Constantinople was once, uh, <laughs> or Istanbul, or whatever this, however the song goes, <laughs> Istanbul was Constantinople. There you go. Oh dear. Let's talk about our Starfleet uh, communications officer. Sure. Uh, played by uh, Michael Snyder. Uh, Michael Snyder um, is just yet another uh, yet another Star Trek actor who's appeared in multiple oh, okay. uh, multiple iterations. Uh, so he was in uh, his communication officer here. He plays crewman Dax in Star Trek VI. Oh, okay. Uh, and he played a couple different uh, Ferengi um, in Next Generation. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So I think that's cool. And you know, cool. yeah. the rest of his stuff, I don't care. It's just more interesting what he's doing. <laughs> He's doing in Star doing, Trek. Doing on Star Trek? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, Michael Snyder. Good old Michael Snyder. What else we got? Uh, and I guess we jump right to, it just flips over to the other. Um, actually, his name, his title is Starfleet Display Officer. Yeah, I was... Okay, Starfleet um, Communications Officer, I get you. Starfleet display officer? What? Yeah, what? What's the job of a display officer? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, uh, unknown. I mean, you think he would? You think he'd be? You know, I guess at the monitors, doing something with the monitors. If he was a display officer, I guess. But he's sitting right next to, sitting right next to the communications officer. Hey, what's your job? I'm the display officer. What do you do? Watch display all day. There's there's a there's really no description. Um, uh, there's no official uh, Starfleet description of a display officer. And it's just a made up title that they didn't know what to do. What's he doing right now? He's looking at a display. He's a display officer. <laughs> Done. Um, but uh, uh, a fun actor, Michael Berryman, is playing yep. our display officer, um, and uh, he has had one other Star Trek. Uh, appearance. He was also a Next Generation as ca- as Captain Ricks uh, in the episode Conspiracy. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, but uh, for me, he, and he's been, but outside of Star Trek, he's been in uh, quite a few things. But the one that, that always sticks for me uh, is uh, he was in he was in Weird Science. He was one. Of oh, the, yeah, that's yeah, that's the one I know. Yeah, best from yeah. Yep, he was one of the mutant bikers. I uh, wish you wouldn't say anything. You know, I I don't want to lose my teacher job. <laughs> maybe, we could, that. maybe we could do lunch. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Michael Berryman, um, pretty cool-looking alien. Uh, oh god, what alien is he? I don't know, I don't know but is. I love, the, uh, but I love the auto tune <laughs> of his voice. Like that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is is that because is he wearing on his head? Uh, would that be kind of like a, a a translating device? I mean. Nobody else wears those, so I wasn't quite sure what he had on his head. 
I don't know if that's like his. I mean, it's clearly it's his uh, microphone because if you look at the communications officer, he's he has a different type of headset on, but it's got a little light on the end, yeah. so you can tell it's you know working. Right. And he has the 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 headset that goes over his head that has a little blue light on it. So I'm assuming it's a headset. Maybe it's just because that's what his you know his species you know race whatever his uh you know wears okay like they had especially make that for you know his people yep yeah maybe just the way his uh his huge bulbous cranium is <laughs> he is an arcanite oh an arcanite is his species do we see them again uh arcanite served let's see to do an arcanite served in starfleet um and uh, native to the planet Arkin 2, of course. Uh, they're an aquatic race with complex sensory organs that can, can detect changes in temperature, pressure, and magnetic fields. Uh, and they were once a subject race of the Andorian Empire. Hmm. So, not... so he's like the perfect race for this for this emergency. Absolutely. He should so, even have to, yeah, he'd be, he's like. So yeah. why didn't they call him like Starfleet Weatherman or <laughs> Weather like. <guy. laughs> Why do they call him display officer? Like, call him whatever. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that'd still be a valid title, lazy. right? Lazy. <laughs> weather weather officer would be, wouldn't that be a valid uh, yes. title? Yeah. They still have weather in the future, obviously. Right. Michael Berryman. Berryman. Right, yes. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh right. So the Federation president asks what the estimated cloud cover of the planet exactly is. The computer replies 78.6%. Okay, that sounds getting back to scary, right? Yeah. You know, like, okay, whatever. Juno has cloud cover, great. Uh, but all right, 78.6% of the planet true. does. Yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah, that sounds bad. But <clears throat> so I was, uh, he just sort of throws that out there. You know, he goes, and, and this is again, we nitpick. Because we're pick, we pick the net. Um, you know, he says he just sort of throws out there, "What's the estimated, you know, cloud cover of the planet exactly?" I thought he was talking to the display officer. Yeah. Like, because he's kind of looking at him. Sure. And then the computer comes on. Like, why didn't display officer guy say the answer? Why did they have to switch over to the computer? That is a Which great. I, that's a great question. There's a lot of people around that table with him. <laughs> and well, yeah, yeah. Who's supposed to answer? <clears throat> and, and why did the computer? assume that it was talking like it's not like scotty going hello computer <laughs> you know it wasn't like i don't know i just found it i found it a weird exchange that he just sort of throws this question out neither of the alive people say anything who are both reporting on the cloud coverage but it was the computer that answered yep yeah i thought you're supposed to say computer first to prompt them to you know hey siri what's the right Oops, I probably shouldn't say that. I might just hear my phone. <laughs> uh, Siri just asked if I accidentally summoned her. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. A little behind the scenes. Uh, so, yeah, I, he should have said, hey, computer, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's just a little thing. It's, it's the little thing. Well, you know what? I'm, I've got another little thing while we're at it. Okay. So... The computer does say 78.6, um, and in response to that, Cartwright immediately says, notify all stations, Starfleet emergency red alert. 
switch of power immediately to planetary reserves. Right. Was that in response because the computer threw that number out? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this so, sequence so that of you, events you here. Are, you're, you're touching on exactly what I was thinking, which is, so he just immediately, they clearly have power right now. Yes. They have enough power to power all those video screens, you know, and the, the massive table and everything else there. Why your planetary reserves are like if things are dire, like you don't have any power. You have power right now. Why switch to why drain your planetary reserves now? Well, that's the thing is like, is it, is it in the Starfleet, you know, checkbook of or, you know, checklist of you know, emergencies, like, all right, if, if, uh, you know, cloud well, cover ever gets to say over 70%, that's when you really want to start throwing on the reserves and, you know, 65% we're okay. You know, we've got other options, but you, over 70, yeah, if, you, if you get to 78, if you go over 78, even by 0.6, you got to turn the reserves on. But right. I just feel like that's a, he's panicking. I feel like Admiral Carwright is panicking right now. Uh, Yep, I, I would agree. Or at least you think you would have conferred with the president. Just throw another line in there, right? Like, uh, and, and know, these are these are I think all it's like, time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, and I feel like Starfleet, you got some pretty smart people there. <laughs> like, I know, th and this is going to sound totally ridiculous, but here I am, just normal, normal human. Like, isn't there a way that they could um, develop something to? I don't know, some sort of satellite with a tether to to the planet that could go beyond the cloud cover so that they could absorb the sunlight. Ooh. Because he says his next line is, Mr. President, even with planetary reserves, we can't survive without sun. Well, you have all these amazing technological people who built starships, <laughs> ray guns, and other stuff. Like, couldn't you have come up with some sort of way to get power? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean – the you know the other ship was going to deploy a solar sail so sure yeah man i could charge my phone by laying it on a mat right yeah i think by the 23rd century yeah you could you could float a balloon up there and get know, some get some power some, yeah yeah beam some power down yeah but then again we know the probe is knocking everything out so oh yeah this is mechanical i guess but or why don't aren't... they have like 10 million bicycles underneath the the base <laughs> everyone to the bikes <laughs> We're going to charge up the generator. Well, this would be a good time for wind power. Sure, wind power. Sure. Oh, yeah, wind power, right. water, you know, geothermal, uh, all, uh, those natural, all those natural resources they probably could have used. Wouldn't Wasted. This be, wouldn't this be fun to have this conversation really loudly in the theater? <laughs> <laughs> Sun isn't the only bit of power, dummy. Shh. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, switch by emergency planetary reserves. So again, um, I'm picturing, as we keep saying, I'm picturing a bunch of dudes in the Earth's core unwrapping the Duracells. Uh, that's where the planetary reserves are, I assume. <laughs> I imagine this scene, and I'm and I'm chuckling to myself because I'm imagining the scene from uh, Airplane where Lloyd Bridges uh, totally panics. And he jumps out the window. This is <laughs> this is what I picture Admiral Cartwright doing. Oh my God! Switch to play with Jerry Reserves. Ah! And he just runs and jumps out the window. I would love to see that. <laughs> Deleted scenes. I'm cutting that scene together. 
Uh, let's see, what do we got? Uh, uh, Commander Chapel uh, shows up in this minute, and I forget if we have seen her yet. We've talked about her for sure because she was in a uh, a cutscene um, mm-hmm. when Sarek arrived at the uh, not the trial, um, but uh, when Admiral when uh, Ambassador Camarag was asking for Kirk's extradition. Um, but we get a brief flash of her um, right. looking concerned. Um, and I actually just, I, I noticed uh, in that same shot, uh, there's a there's a guy way behind her who's a uh, nice touch. He's got a flashlight in his mouth. Um, so he's getting ready for, I think, the lights to go out. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was, a, that was a nice touch. Is that a flashlight in his mouth or is that a his communication device oh maybe that's what it is yeah it's all blur it's it's blurred but you're right maybe everybody's yeah everybody's headset's got a little light on the tip that's probably what it is ah oh, it was more fun to think of a flashlight <laughs> uh so yeah so cartwright says uh, admiral cartwright says uh, mr president even with planetary reserves we cannot survive without the sun, and then this is where the president gets all jerky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I'm well aware of that, Admiral. Like, yeah. he, he is such a jerk to him. Like, yeah. Cartwright's like, I'm just, what? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just pointed out. Uh, I will say in this, in this, jerk. <laughs> I know, in this moment, he, uh, the Federation uh, president reminds me of um, Rob Reiner. Uh, <laughs> So now I'm picturing Meathead saying that. <laughs> um, and as he, as a federation, federation president walks away, uh, one of the unnamed uh, extras in the background, she looks like she's picking up uh, a clipboard, potentially a clipboard. So I just wanted to call that out. I love yep. my Starfleet clipboards. And then, yeah, we get Sarek back. Um we do well. We never, we never left him because apparently he can't leave, as we because, just learned, right? Because he's because he's trapped there, right? This is all escalated pre- pretty quickly, huh? I mean, how? I wonder how much time has <laughs> elapsed, right, since the probe, so since the probe passed the Saratoga, yep, right? You know, and uh, obviously space, space dock and Earth are, you know, it's really the same point. You're at the same spot, um, but yeah, it's a uh, it, it very quickly got to. Well, nobody can leave. The Earth's covered in, you know, 100 covered in clouds. You know, mm. um, did this happen over the course of minutes, hours? Right. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I think it's with all the cuts and things that they do, you never really get a good feel of like time. I get the feeling it happened in almost minutes, um, just because of, you know, nobody seems to have a chance to react. Right. You know I mean? So I, I think it happened pretty quickly. Um. So yeah, Sarek, who's used to uh, uh, world hopping, right? He's always jumping back and forth between planets. Uh, yeah, now he's trapped there on Earth, and there's no way to answer the probe. <clears throat> and, so I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent here. All right, I'll get comfortable. Hold on. Um, so in the in the reboot, we learn that Scotty has. Uh, develop some sort of warp, you know, beam beaming technology, right. you know, uh, that can, you know, uh, hit a bullet beaming, going be- to one another. Yeah, beaming, beaming from one planet to another is is simple. Hmm. 
why can't Sarek just beam home? Well, it's different universe, different rules. Different universe, different rules. Um, in this timeline, right at the time that that happens, it's in the future from this movie, right? Because Spock is older yep. and goes into this alternate timeline. Timeline. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to say different rules because you're right. I, I guess well, we're not there yet, but um, I actually wondered that is is when Scotty invented that was that something that already existed in in this well, that's one of, universe? That's or... one of those. That's one of those paradoxes. Yeah. Apparently, it was available in this universe because this universe's Spock goes to that universe, and then he tells that universe's Spock, Scotty that he invented this back in the old universe. Which was a callback <clears throat> to transparent aluminum in this film. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that would change everything, right? If you knew it would, you it totally starships. would. Just, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I just feel like Sarek just needs to go, uh, I'm, I'll sketch on the flip side, suckas, and just <laughs> beam it out. You know? <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not stuck with you. <laughs> I'm beaming it out, bro. <laughs> Oh, I'm just trying to picture him say that. <laughs> uh, I will. Uh, I think we can end this minute on the last uh, the last three words in the minute. Uh, is Sarek saying it is difficult? Yep. It which is, is a nice callback to uh, Rathacon and um, uh, uh, Captain Terrell just before he kills himself. It is difficult. I try to obey. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that's a. Uh, uh, that gets us to the end. I mm. in the end of my notes. Yeah. So I just have one last thing, and yeah. something I think we forgot, which we <gasps> we should have probably mentioned last oh. week. Um, uh, it was the uh, anniversary of uh, Leonard Nimoy's death. So on Fe- he he passed away February twenty seventh, twenty fifteenth, and so we just want to remember, you know, the career, the life he had. So remember. just wanted just wanted to point that out. Absolutely, there were some great tributes um, online. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the one that the one that just knocked me over was um, uh, some people were just sharing the the still of um, this, the moment in Wrath of Khan when when Kirk you know turned around and just looked at Spock's empty seat, right, and, and knew at that moment that what had probably happened. Um, and people were sharing that as a as a tribute, and uh, that one that one got me. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, yep, um, yeah. Sad day. Live lo- live long and pros- prosper. All right, then it's uh, it's Friday. So Friday is the day that we thank our our our. Did we decide it was patrons or patreons? Patrons. Patrons. Uh, we're gonna thank our patrons. Uh, uh, we uh, we started up this season a Patreon uh, for Star Trek Minute. Um, you can find uh, find that over if you head to StarTrekMinute.com and click on the Patreon link, um, and uh, you can uh, help sponsor the show, help keep the lights on here. And in return, we've uh, we've got different levels you can sponsor us at, and different um, thank you gifts that we give out at the different levels. Um, there's stickers. There's a chance to win a T-shirt. There's a chance to be on the show. Love to have you as a guest. Mm. Um, and uh, and one of those th- uh, one of those uh, uh, I was gonna say prizes. <laughs> 
one of those prizes is we get to, we're going to thank all of our, our, our Patreons, our patrons here on, uh, on Friday's episode. So, um, let's get started. Um, so we got a few people to thank, uh, this week and I'm going to start in, uh, uh, looks alphabetical order. Um, I know you did some random order last week, Dave. Yep. Um, but we need to start thanking our, our patrons, uh, starting with Captain America. Um, Good old Steve uh, Rogers. Steve Rogers, yes, sir. Uh, thank <clears> you to <throat> Conrad. Uh, thank you to the good folks over at Giraffe Bear making cool um, felted art and crafts. Yep. Uh, thanks to John and Kevin. Uh, th- oh, you know what? I just I just felt felt like I'm in the uh, the end of romper room. <laughs> uh, I see John and Kevin. Yeah. I see uh, uh, the Carlisles and Timmy Bricks. Yep. <laughs> And uh, also see vibrant visionaries with Heidi Bennett. Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, we uh, <laughs> finally want to thank We Are the Davids. Your Patreon will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. I wish he would change his name every week because that would be just awesome. That would be fun. Yes. Uh, mixing it up. So, yeah, we just want to thank everybody um, again. If you, uh, if, if, yeah. Uh, again, start, head out to StarTrekMinute.com, click on the Patreon link, and uh, you can find all the different levels that you uh, can uh, can join and sponsor. And uh, please and thank you. And we, we are very appreciative of all our, our patrons. And, uh, um, and again, helps keep the lights on. Uh, so, yeah, let's head into the weekend. Um, yep. And... Uh, and actually, speaking of weekends, we've got a weekly bonus episode that comes out on weekends, and that's available to our Patreon supporters. So yep. that's another reason to check it out. Fun and prizes. <laughs> it's all about the prizes. <laughs> all right. We'll be back again then on Monday, right? Talking about Minute 22 of yep. Voyage Home. Uh, minute 22 uh, here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye. <laughs>